0: And now, before we officially begin this week's episode of the Boochcast, I have something very important that I need to discuss with all of you here at the Boochcast Nation. As you know, for many years now, I have been affiliated with a wrestling company called Universal Championship Wrestling, and the company is run by a gentleman by the name of Ronnie Gossett. I've known Ronnie for close to seven years now, and... And anyone who knows Ronnie like I do knows what a bright light he brings with him everywhere he goes. Sadly, his declining health has added to the intense depression that he's fought since losing his daughters in 2017. Ronnie, in addition to being a wrestling promoter, also uses his musical gifts to spread joy to everyone around him and invests in his community every time he has the opportunity Ron's health has begun to severely affect his quality of life and his ability to function independently after being hospitalized he has been advised by doctors that he doesn't have the one to two years it would take to get his health under control however there is a solution Ron can get through this physical trial and thrive if he is able to raise the funds for a life-saving surgery there is so much hope for his life there is so much joy left for Ronnie to spread And there are so many more fun nights he gets to create. Fighting diabetes that is out of control, coupled with blood flow issues and coronary heart disease, has brought intense pain to Ronnie's life daily and made even the most simple tasks incredibly difficult. He is losing the ability to work and provide for himself. Ron has been involved in the professional wrestling industry as a wrestler and a promoter for over 20 years with events that entertain many and also makes a living traveling throughout Georgia and South Carolina, facilitating karaoke and using his singing talent to entertain and inspire others. Ronnie will wear the mask of I'm okay forever and is the last person to ask for help. Trust me, I know this from experience. I love Ronnie to death, but he is a stubborn bastard and he will never ask for help. He has needed friends to help him get to and from events in recent weeks, but struggles with shame, embarrassment, and believing that no one cares about him. His life matters, and it can be saved. Any amount helps. A surgery will save his life and give him the opportunity to live many more years blessing the lives of others, even reconnecting with his children in the future. And that is why I'm encouraging everyone to go to the GoFundMe page that we have on our BoochCast Facebook page. And donate whatever amount you can to help him raise the money he needs for this life-saving surgery. The goal is to raise $15,000. Now, as I mentioned before, Every little bit helps. So you're not required, obviously, to donate thousands of dollars if you don't have that kind of money to throw around. But every little bit that you can give helps. And just to show how serious I am about this, I personally, Vinny Bucci, have donated $50 to the GoFundMe campaign. And I'm doing it for two reasons. One, because I consider Ronnie a dear friend in addition to a coworker, and I desperately want him to get better. But the other reason is to show all of you, the Cast Nation, that I always practice what I preach. And the one thing that I always preach to you guys is that I never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, ask any of you to donate money to any cause that I myself am not willing to donate to. So go to GoFundMe.com slash Saving Ron's Life. I will have links to this on the Boochcast Facebook and Twitter page for you guys to easily access and donate whatever amount you can. Every little bit helps no matter what it is. Don't feel like if you're donating a small amount, you're not contributing. You are helping us to reach this goal. Let's help Ronnie get back on his feet and get him the life-saving surgery he needs to thrive and provide and live a long and happy life. Hello, and welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, we played the uh, theme song for Jerry the King Lawler, uh, one of the uh, WWE Hall of Famers and one of the greatest commentators, you know, color commentators in the business. Um, And obviously, we chose this because uh, Jerry Lawler is royalty, and he rumbled... I can't believe I'm actually saying those words. It sounds so corny. Uh, Not that corny, uh, but a different corny. But anyway, um, we're here to talk about a special classic pay-per-view review that we have here on the Boochcast. Now, obviously most of you know how this works. For those of you who don't, I will explain. Uh, Basically how this works is uh, we take a look back at some classic pay-per-views from WWE, WCW, and ECW. And what I do is I do these classic reviews with a gentleman by the name of Gator Ricky Ross. And what we do is we take a look back at these pay-per-views, but we do it from two different perspectives. We do it as two people who are fans of wrestling, but also from the perspective of two people who work inside the business of pro wrestling. Gator is, of course, a wrestler, a manager. He's been a referee, a commentator, a ring announcer. He's popped the popcorn. He's pretty much got the industry covered. Uh, Myself, I am a ring announcer, a commentator. Uh, I've set up the ring. I've hung up flyers. I've, I've handled money. I've done. I've chauffeured wrestlers. I've pretty much got the industry covered as well. So we decided to take the knowledge that we have and the knowledge we've acquired and put them into these pay-per-views to kind of give a perspective and look at it in a way we might not have looked at it before the first time we saw it. Now, for this particular year, we are doing the WWE Royal Rumble 1996 7. Now can we give a quick
1: disclaimer before we get started?
0: Uh sure, give the disclaimer.
1: No, you're you're the disclaimer man. I'm just here.
0: Um is it the one we normally give? No, the why
1: I sound so fucking peppy. Oh,
0: uh ladies and gentlemen, uh as I mentioned before, you know, Gator and I both work in the business. Gator is um as I said, he is a wrestler as well as everything else he's done. And uh Gator is in a very pissy mood today. He is uh he is discomfort, very discomfort. Fuck you. Uh, and the reason he is a uh, discomfort is because uh, Gator was in a battle royal uh, the night before uh, not unlike a royal rumble which is uh, kind of ironic that we're it, doing it
1: basically was a royal rumble but anyway
0: yes and Gator got thrown over the top rope he landed in a weird way and now has what they call a stinger but it is not a neck stinger so he is fine in that regard but Fucked up back yeah he, he can walk he's not paralyzed he's, he wasn't tempted Temporarily or permanently paralyzed. He's just no. We're good.
1: Everybody's cool.
0: Yes. He just it's just his back hurts like a motherfucker. So <laughs> Gator's going to be a little pissy during this interview. Uh, he's I was gonna
1: kill a man yesterday, actually.
0: Yes, he was. And he was also gonna kill a man. So uh, a lot of things. Uh... Yes.
1: Yes, but it, and Mr. It was so bad that Mr. Boudreaux got jelly.
0: Yeah, I did. I did. Um, you know. Uh... You
1: know what? Fuck it. Fuck that motherfucker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Is it, it, it shit about to get real, or are we going to save this for another story? We say this for another show? Let's save it for another show. Let's save it for another show. Children,
1: no, let's let, save me just, another... let me just say, no, let me, let me just say this. Go ahead. Let go me ahead. just say this, okay? I called Vinny, and I, I was cussing.
0: Yeah, and – this is a really good story and we're gonna save this for another episode because I don't want to jam it all together here but yes that will be a separate story and I want to do- but,
1: but give him let's give him let's give him a little tasty poo I was cussing.
0: Yes, Gator was cussing because and, somebody's
1: being disrespectful.
0: Yes, and uh, and locker room and our and the hint we'll give you is things got to little jelly. That's all we're gonna say. So on that fucking move, Nutella. Yes, 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 yes. And anyway, um, so yeah, and the reason we chose the Royal Rumble '97 was not just because of what happened to Gator. That just happened to happen at this particular time. But the reason no, this
1: chose, is just what we call irony, children.
0: Yes. The reason we chose is because we wanted to commemorate the Royal Rumble, which took place uh, in January, Royal Rumble 2021. So we decided to commemorate that by going down the list and finding the next Royal Rumble that we were going to discuss, and 97 came up on the list. So we're here to talk about the 1997 Royal Rumble. Now, of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the 1997 Royal Rumble, it took place. In San Antonio, Texas, at the Alamo Dome, it was the 10th Royal Rumble pay-per-view produced by the WWE, and attendance of 60,477, which was the highest recorded in the Royal Rumble's history, at least at that time. Uh, And then the tagline is, no more Mr. Nice Guy, which I thought was odd, but
1: drugs, children, drugs.
0: Yes. So, and of course, uh, this was also in Shawn Michaels' hometown, and he was in the main event, which made this just as big of a an episode. And of course, uh, the Royal Rumble, uh, I assume a lot of people know who this is, but we'll assume they don't know. Basically, it is a 30-man battle royal. You gotta be thrown over the top rope, both feet touch the ground, two wrestlers start every couple minutes, another wrestler enters, things of that nature. Uh, they can enter at any given time, so it's not like somebody has to be eliminated for the other person to show up. You can literally have all 30 30 30 men in that ring if you wanted to. Like, that's how far it can go. If nobody throws, if there's no eliminations by then. But usually there is. Um, And then, of course, the winner gets a shot at the title in the main event at Wrestlemania so that's how the Royal Rumble is structured now of course the Royal Rumble was put together by the late great Pat Patterson Um, and if you saw the Royal Rumble 2021 you know the difference between Pat Patterson organizing a Rumble and Pat Patterson not organizing organizing a Rumble Rumble. Uh, but again we're not going to talk about that here I just want to make that point across so if you want to see the Royal Rumble 2021 check out our YouTube channel because it'll probably be up there by then But um, check out our watch party if you want to see more about that. But anyway. Yes, I got salty. Yes. Not, not Almost as salty as he is now, but this is a different reason. Uh, but I'm anyway. in fucking pain. Yes, G- Gator's just fighting through pain. That's the difference here. Um, But anyway, so that was what went down. And we kick things off with the first official match of the evening after all the random-ass dark matches that took place. And we have a, for the Intercontinental Championship, Hunter Hurst Helmsley, defend- with Mr. Hughes, defends the title against Goldust with Marlena.
1: What the actual fuck? That, that, that's all you could say about this. What the actual fuck? Like it was like Marlena. Okay, so Marlena's sucking on a big black dick. Come again? Yep. What you mean? That's what, that, that's what it looks like with that cigar. It looks like a big black penis.
0: Well, that's pretty much everybody who smokes a cigar.
1: Well, you would know. I don't smoke cigars.
0: I was given a cigar, but I never smoked it. I wanted to, but never got around to it. Uh, the closest thing I've come to being involved with cigar was that independent film I did a few years ago called Cigar. That was it. Other than that, I have never. Does, never why, does it sound, why does it
1: sound? Why does that sound like a Boochie Sex Tape?
0: It's it's not a sex tape. It's actually. It a, sounds like a cigar. sex
1: tape. It sounds it, like a Boochie Sex Tape.
0: No, well, it's actually called Cigar, but it's an acronym, and it's basically a mafia movie where where it's basically like Italians and black people. And, but yeah, I I actually, I was in the movie. I played a, I played the son of a nightclub owner who ends up joining the mafia to pay off his father's debt or something. It's weird. But yeah, so that's that's kind of what happens in there. So anyway, it's a great movie. If you could, if you It's not longer on the internet, but if it ever gets back on the internet, I'll post it to the bootcast page and you can check it out. But yeah, that's the closest I've ever come to being anywhere near a cigar. But anyway, but yeah, outside of that, what else did you notice?
1: It just was a... I didn't know how to take it at first, because it just... It just felt slow. Did, didn't you agree?
0: I mean, yeah. Actually, I didn't think it was slow. Because Goldust started whooping ass at the start of this match. Like, he runs out during Triple H right. and the fight breaks out. So, that's, that's right. not a slow but start. That's not slow to me.
1: It, it starts quick, but then once they get in the ring, that's not what I mean. Once they get in the ring, it gets slow to me. And it's just like, okay, all right, here we go. You know, here we go again on our own. But it drags
0: a little bit and then ta-da. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will admit. Um, I, the only thing I thought was weird is because when I go back and watch old, like old wrestling, like like nineties or anything like that, you sometimes forget that there was a time when Triple H was just a mid card guy.
1: Exactly. Uh, there's sometimes in in going back and watching these that we see matches between Rock and Austin, and we're like, "Fuck, this is for the Intercontinental Title."
0: <laughs> yeah. Like Triple H is the Intercontinental Champion, and he's not even the game yet. He's just he's Hunter Hearst Helmsley, the uh the the you know snot nosed rich guy, you know. Exactly. And he's obsessed with Marlena because he thinks every girl wants him. And I'm like this, and I'm surprised that this gimmick was over because this doesn't. I don't get this vibe from Triple H at all. Like at all. Like he he does not a ladies man. He is not. I know he's tried on a few occasions like even in evolution when him and Ric Flair would be like out with the ladies cuz Triple H likes to party like the Nature Boy but i'm sorry Triple H to me is not a player i, I don't get that vibe from him am i am i wrong for assuming that uh, no
1: cuz i could see it
0: i cuz i i just i say like i'm not now look i'm sure Triple H Is probably maybe outside the ring he is good with the ladies or was before he got married. But I'm just saying that's not a vibe that I get from him in the ring. I don't see it. I can
1: see that. I can see that. No, you get the snotty rich kid. You want to just
0: yeah. And so because and because of the promo for the match, you you obviously expect this match to get personal. And there's one thing I want to point out because this is a moment where I realized WWE and WCW. Even though there's some differences. In this instance, they were very similar with one twist. At one point in this match, goal, I think it was and I think it was Gold Dust. Or was it Triple I can't remember which one, but one hit the other with the ring steps in front of the referee.
1: Yes, and it makes you want to throw things, doesn't it?
0: It did, but here's where we gotta give JR some credit. Because this is the difference between the WWE and WCW. When he hit him with the ring steps, at least in the At least in WWE, they acknowledge the ref and say, I don't know how much the referee is going to allow. Like, that one phrase covered the whole thing up. That's how simple it was. As much as I love WCW and Tony Schiavone, not him, not Mike Tenay, not fucking Bobby Heenan, neither one of those three stooges thought to say that. Now, just to be clear, when I say stooges, I'm not using the wrestling term stooges. I'm using the actual three stooges. Like, you know, wise guy, that thing. But what the fuck? <laughs> like, that, that, at least, I think we can at least agree, though, JR did a good job of covering up something that made us want to throw things. I think.
1: Yeah, I could see that.
0: Yeah, so I'm saying, like, you know, hey, at least he's going to say, like, how much more is the referee going to allow? He obviously knows how personal this is. That's how simple it is. That's your job as a commentator. Your job is to clean up messes. Fuck, figure shit out. Like, I know I know that, and I only got a couple years under my belt of commentating. These guys had decades. So, anyway. Yeah... <laughs> But overall, Triple H hits the pedigree, keeps the Intercontinental title, blah, blah, blah. And then we move on to the next match of the evening. This is the regular match. We have Ahmed Johnson. Oh, God. Versus Farouk with Clarence Mason, Crush, D'Lo Brown, J-Ice, J-C-Ice, and Wolfie D.
1: <laughs> Wolfie D. One of these things just doesn't belong here.
0: Are you sure it's Wolfie?
1: No, uh, I can't say Niagara. Um. <laughs> oh, I'm in a lot of pain. Um. This match would make you go WTF. Um. <laughs> did anybody else notice how much of a freaking moron Wolfie D looks sitting uh, out there ringside? He's just looking. He's like, man, I'm just here.
0: <laughs> I think. I'm like, do something, Wolfie. I Get think. Some facial. <laughs> I think the problem is there was too many guys in Farouk's corner, and that and that 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 could be
1: a thing. I've you know I always say that you can have too much of a good thing. I always say this was and this is what I said about the um, the Survivor Series pay per view. There was too much with the managers. Yes, you know
0: exactly. But at, at least in Survivor Series they only had like two. Farouk's got five.
1: This this is this is accurate as well.
0: And here's the thing. I'm not getting here. Maybe you can explain this to me. Um, this whole rivalry revolved Mm -hmm. around Farouk referring to Ahmed Johnson as an Uncle Tom, which which is a which for those those of you who may not know is is a very major black insult. That's like, when black people say that about other black people, it's like the meanest shit they can say to each other. It is. Like, and he's saying this on live fucking TV and on pay per views leading up to this match. But yet, it's weird. Ahmed Johnson, as far as Farouk is concerned, because I don't think this, is referring to him as an Uncle Tom. Yet, Farouk comes out to the ring with Wolfie D and JC Ice. D- Am I missing something here? Farouk, you got two white boys in your group. And you're calling this man an Uncle Tom. Uh, da, 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 huh?
1: Yeah. And then later, The Nation becomes even more than that with the addition of Owen
0: Hart. Yeah. Well by that <laughs> But I will say this though, in defense of that, I don't say that's the same thing, and I'll tell you why. Once The Rock became the leader of the nation
1: It was a different thing. It,
0: yeah, it stopped being about uh being black. about Black Panther and Black Power and shit like that. And it became more about just being a dominant faction. Because The Rock was never in that. Even when he joined the nation, he said he he wasn't doing it. He wasn't doing it. He said it was not it's not a race thing. It's about respect with me. So it was nothing to do. The Rock never pulled the race card. The Rock, throughout his whole career, has never pulled the race card. Even when, um, you know, Rikishi said all about the Great White Hope, The Rock even said, that's a bunch of bullshit to me. Like that. So The Rock took it in a different direction by that point. But it, right now, this is where the nation is supposed to be a Black Panther-style gimmick. It's and we supposed- got Wolfie D. And we got Wolfie D. And you got, not-, D- <laughs> and you got- <laughs> not only that, you got J.C. Ice. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> the guy we make fun of for the shoot interview he did
1: where he made all the Niagara's.
0: yes where he kept saying that over and over now, obviously he didn't say niagara the way we say it on the show he said it the real way which is the way you should never say it
1: not if you want to live
0: No, it's not even he didn't even do the version that some black people give you a free pass on he did the worst one with the er yes which you no black person ever forgives that shit the only way a black person would forgive you for that is if you're acting in a movie and that word is in the script. Then they let it go because they know you're just acting. But no, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, so uh, that that's just weird to me. Maybe I, maybe I need to go watch the Raws leading up to that. Maybe I need some explanation. But how is Ahmed Johnson, the Uncle Tom, when you got two white guys in your group, one outside the ring says the N-word like I say fuck. It just rolls off his tongue like it's nothing. That that was always weird to me, and I never got an explanation. And if I ever interview Farouk, I have to ask him that. I just have to figure this out, how that worked. In the grand scheme of things. Granted, I'll word a lot better because I'm better, I, I word things better when I do interviews. Uh, of course, Lex will tell you differently, but I'm not gonna get into that shit. Anyway, um, but yeah, so anyway, this is another, another match that started quick, which becomes a pattern in this pay per view. Ahmed runs to the ring, takes him down, starts whooping dad ass, dominates most of the match.
1: Once again, ass.
0: Yep. Once again, it makes sense because of the promo before the match. You now understand why this shit gets so personal, which I think WWE did a great job of doing. They always put the promo out to remind everybody why shit's about to get real. Um, so then, of course, the Uncle Tom insult comes out throughout the match, too. Farouk eventually <laughs> gains the upper hand, and the match eventually ends in a disqualification. Um, Ahmed ends up winning via DQ. Uh, Gator. What else did you notice about this match?
1: Um, besides the obvious racial tensions.
0: It, yes. Let's 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 go past that now and look and focus on the in-ring stuff.
1: The, the the in-ring stuff was just mediocre at best. I mean, it was it was just very simple, simplistic wrestling. It 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 didn't really tell the story. It just kind of got you where you needed to go. Exactly. I mean. So.
0: And I will say this, though. Am I the only one that thought that that double power powerbomb through the table looked really sick? Like, what the fuck? It,
1: it looked... It, I hate this word, but it looked so fucking fake.
0: Like, I saw him go through that table, and I was just like, that looked weird. Like, I think he landed strange or something. That was a weird-ass bump. That was weird. Yeah,
1: it just was a weird... It was weird in general. Yeah. Um, How do I say this in a way that you're going to understand it? it? It just made...
0: It, it,
1: it just kind of made you go why?
0: Exactly. You know, I mean, I, yeah, that I don't think they needed that at the end.
1: No, not uh, not really. Not not or, really.
0: Or just don't do the double arm power bomb, just do a regular power bomb. That's all you have to do. you already look devastating enough. You don't need tricks. Yeah,
1: yeah I guess uh, you know, sometimes sometimes when left to their own devices, Workers will do stupid shit.
0: Exactly. And uh, on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. Um, We have Vader with Paul Bearer versus The Undertaker.
1: So what was the storyline background on this?
0: I honestly don't remember. (laughs) I think... I think it was the fact that around this time, like, Paul because Bearer...
1: Because it made no sense. It made no sense for me. So is this right after Mankind kind of
0: freed Paul Bearer and they tur- he turned heel on Taker and all that? I believe so. I'm looking... Oh, yeah. Um. It says here, Vader and The Undertaker did not have a substantial build-up to their match. Vader had joined other heel wrestlers to attack The Undertaker and, on several occasions. And you can
1: tell that. It's just like, why?
0: Yeah. There was no major storyline behind their match. And it said the Undertaker had been involved in a feud with Paul Bearer that dated back to SummerSlam 96 when Bearer had turned on The Undertaker. On January 5th, 1997, episode of W Superstars, The Undertaker attacked Vader's manager, Jim Cornette, leaving Vader without a manager at the Rumble. So that's why Paul Bearer was there, because Taker had attacked Corny. (laughs) Corny, no! Yeah. Um... So... But yeah, so there was no build, there was no real build up for this match. They just interacted and they were just like, uh, we need uh, we need a match for filler. Let's throw it in there. I know it's weird saying Vader and Taker as filler cuz they're both big name Well, stars. this was 90,
1: this was, you know, this was 90, 97. Yeah,
0: so this was a filler match to be honest. That's no disrespect to Vader or Taker, but that's what the fuck it was.
1: And you can tell that when uh, they try to put on something decent, but it's just it's just like, all right, let's just get our time in and get the fuck
0: out. Pretty much. Uh... It was. A, they had another quick start. It was a standard big man match. It's like Vader hits a bunch of devastating big man moves, but Taker sits up every time. Correct. Uh, now, there was one aspect of this match that I... And here's how you know this match wasn't important if you needed proof. In the middle of this fucking match, and I never understood why WWE did this. In the middle of the fucking match, there's an interview mm-hmm. with a girl. Oh, God who said, who, who came to the Royal Rumble and spent months babysitting to save enough money yes, to come to the Yes,
1: yes, yes.
0: Why do I give a fuck? About a girl who saved her money from babysitting to get tickets to the Royal Rumble. Lawler says that out loud. Not to not the give a fuck part, but he worded it differently. Lawler said something I, I 100% agree with that. Gator, do we really fuck? I, and I, and here's the thing. The, I, I admire the little girl for saving her money and not asking her parents for money to go to the Rumble. Because in 97, that's something that could easily have been done. I admire her for actually, hey, I want to go to the Royal Rumble. I'm going to actually work for my money. So I respect her for that. Don't get me wrong. But why the fuck do I need to know this in the middle of the match? And Gary, did you think it was necessary?
1: No, I I think this was just oh, we need to hype up how big this pay-per-view is. <laughs> And that's all it was, was hyping how big this pay-per-view was.
0: And that's all well and good, but don't do it during the match. You do it before the entrances, do it afterwards. Do
1: Depends it during the-, the entrances. I'm down with that. No, you
0: just, you don't do an interview in the middle of a fucking match. I don't care what, what type of match it is. That's disrespectful on a massive fucking level.
1: I, I didn't know where to go with it. Um, It just kind of fucked me up kind of like my back's been doing, so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I hear you on that.
1: God <laughs> damn it. I'm in the car. Co- okay, so so, oh, children, to break a little kayfabe, I'm in the car.
0: Yeah.
1: In this fucking sucks.
0: Yeah, so if you hear a lot of noise in the background, that's why.
1: Gator's in the car. I'm going to go get it checked on and maybe get some medication.
0: Yeah, Yo, gra- get some gimmicks. And. Uh...
1: Yeah, I gotta get some gimmicks. <laughs>
0: But yeah. So anyway, another interesting thing I noticed in this match was at one point uh, Vader hits a power bomb on the Undertaker, and someone called it a Vader bomb. huh That's that not a Vader bomb. Yeah, I was like, is that supposed to be the splash off the middle rope?
1: Yes, that's the Vader bomb. Well, are we are we on the drugs? Did we go see New Jack before we went in here? Uh, I suppose so. Side uh, side note: I worked with New Jack last night. Nice dude. Oh, cool. Nice guy. I got hit in the head
0: with a trash can. <laughs> hey, it is what the fuck it is.
1: Oh, it is. I, I sold that shit because if, yeah. if you're not going to... Children, if you don't sell for New Jack... <laughs> fuck. <laughs> fuck.
0: <laughs> Good luck. No, you fucking sell for New Jack. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why you sell you... for
1: New Jack and you sell for suit.
0: Yeah, like... <laughs> And if you have a choice, you pick New Jack over Sue. Because Sue's not going to fucking stab you in the fucking head with an X-Acto knife.
1: No, but you sell for Sue.
0: Yes, you do. You always sell for Sue. Yeah, but the thing is jesus christ and then of course paul Bear comes out eventually uh taker attacks him uh paul Bear later helped with the win by smacking taker with the urn and that's how vader was able to uh get the three count taker then chokeslams the referee for just letting it happen because again the refs don't care about the rules that
1: was, side note, that was not the way that was supposed to happen. Uh, Taker got pissed and, cho- and told that ref, all right, you're taking a choke slam. What was supposed to happen? No, the ref, that was a young ref, and he's, he he wasn't paying attention, and he didn't blind spot. Oh, shit. You know, a lot like what happened on the Royal Rumble.
0: Uh, yes, exactly. Ref botch. But here's the thing. At least in WWE, again, the referees either get, you know, either, either on commentary somebody covers it up, or they regret it later. Like, Undertaker, like, oh, yeah. choke slam this motherfucker.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I've done that. I, I've worked with referees that I had to, uh, handle in the ring afterwards, because I'm a heel. So I got, I still got to get my fucking heat. Yeah. You just ruined my spot. Fuck you. I'm a choke slam. Well, I wouldn't choke slam him. Um, you know, you know what my finish is, Vinny? Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. I, I, I completely know what your finisher is. In fact, I know it so well, I'm I'm stalling for time so that I know you know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Just tell me again so that I know you know.
1: I do a cobra clutch.
0: Right, right, right. Just testing you. Fuck
1: you. <laughs> it's the gator clutch, bitch. You can go fuck yourself. <laughs>
0: Uh, that awkward moment where I'm supposed to know something and I fucking forget. But anyway. Yes, uh, he
1: does. He's a shitty commentator. Anyway.
0: Oh, fuck you. I am a great commentator.
1: No, you're not. You didn't even. Where was the tatering? Where was the tatering? There was no tatering.
0: What tatering? What are you talking about?
1: The commentatoring.
0: Oh. On what? I I. (laughs) What you're are supposed talking? to know these things. What the fuck are you talking about? We're reviewing a pay-per-view.
1: Oh yeah, I'm sorry. It's the, it's the drugs.
0: Thank you. I'm not. We're not calling a match, Gator. We're reviewing a pay-per-view.
1: I well I you know I saw New Jack last night. Y-
0: yes, I know. I know. I'm surprised. Uh. I'm, su- I'm surprised you're. I'm surprised you don't have gouge marks in your head. I don't. But
1: uh, I got a little bit of cocaine. <laughs>
0: oh boy we're gonna get letters anyway anyway but anyway ladies and gentlemen on that note we're gonna move on to the next match of the evening oh dear god help us all we have ourselves a six-man tag match we have um i don't know how to pronounce this guy's name so i'll just say his real name felipe estrada uh Hector Garza, not that Hector Garza, an older one, and Pero Aguayo uh, versus Fuerza Guara, Heavy Metal, and Jerry Estrada.
1: Children, this is what we call flippy bullshit. <laughs> That's all this was. It was it was a clusterfuck of flippy Mexican bullshit. And they didn't have the right proper equipment to do the things they wanted to do, and it showed. Oh god. And by that I mean they're using regular ropes, which WWE was known for, instead of cables, and the Mexicans that can't do flippy shit off of that.
0: Yeah. And it fucked it really fucked them up. Yeah, it, it was not good. It was not good. And uh it did. It really uh when
1: when you got an airplane cables, you got got more bounce, you've got more stretch, you've got more to work with. You know? And in this situation, they did not have more to work with.
0: Exactly. And uh, and of course, I will say this, the crowd was dead for 99% of this match. For 99% of the match, they were dead. The 1% they were alive was when the three count was made. Yes,
1: because they were, oh, thank God, it's over.
0: Yes. It was a standard luchador match. Now, of course, Gator said spot Bullshit, but I will give credit where it's due. There was not as much spot monkey shit as I expected. It was, I mean for
1: that time, it was. Yeah. Uh, but then again, you gotta remember, this was their, this was WWE's attempt at figuring out, can we bring luchadors in like WCW is doing for their Cruiserweight division? Yeah. Can we bring those in and it makes sense? And they found out real quick, uh, no, we cannot.
0: Yeah. And this was a partnership that WWE had with AAA at the time. Yes. So these guys came in AAA. Then they pissed on it. Who pissed on it?
1: It's WWE. Oh. Towards the end of that year they
0: pissed on it. Okay, so yeah, yeah. And but the match was still boring as fuck and hard to pay attention to. Like I Yes. I I, did, I zoned out. I zoned out. I did too. i, I was trying. God I was trying. This was boring as shit to watch. It was horrible. I put piss break on this. Yeah, it would have been a piss break if we didn't have to do a classic review. I would have pissed during this match.
1: Oh, no, I still took a piss, but I had to pause it. Oh,
0: yeah, true, true. Okay. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're moving on to the next match of the evening. The official 30-man Royal Rumble match. The 1997 Royal Rumble. Now,
1: these are hard to, these are hard to give a lot of explanation on okay because it just is all over the place it is but as a as a battle royal goes it was a good battle royal i here's my thing i don't like battle royals because battle royals are basically just punch punch kick kick yeah and that's the way i feel about it and it's hard to do a lot of things in a battle royal because of space yeah you've got it's a cluster it's a legitimate real cluster that is true and you you really to, to do it well there has to be a constant flow of eliminations to keep the ring from overcrowding yeah to do it well but some people don't like to understand when it's your time to go it's your time to go
0: absolutely, you know? absolutely. I know.
1: Oh, oh well, I was only in there for two minutes. Motherfucker, you're getting paid. Get your
0: ass out of there. Yeah. Now I will say this. Uh the crowd was dead. Oh yes,
1: because because of the the uh slow down that was the opener.
0: But I will say this.
1: I mean not the opener, but the uh the, the fucking luchadors.
0: Yeah. But, and they come back Yes some of them and, do come back And as soon as they come in you're like
1: well he's not gonna win And he's not gonna win and he's not gonna win
0: In fact the only one that, that People even remotely gave a shit about was Mil Mascaris. Yep. And that was because he
1: worked for the WWWF Back when Vince ran it Yes. Vince Sr. ran it at one point.
0: And because and this is-
1: wasn't even
0: prime
1: Neil Mascaris. This was old ass, I'm just here to get a paycheck like Buff Bagwell. What? Sorry. Hey. Not sorry.
0: Buff always gives it his all for the fans. Oh, I know that. He
1: gave it his all when he was looking for Monica. Oh. <laughs> you get where I'm going with this? Yes,
0: yes, yes. yes, yes. Okay, thank you. Sorry, I, I thought you was disrespecting my friend. Sorry. I was not disrespecting your friend. Good point. All right, so making sure. Making I was sure. not disrespecting your friend. Thank you. Um,
1: I, I will disrespect your other friend. Fuck Paul Lee. <laughs> so we just needed to throw that one in there because the people want to hear me shit on somebody. So fuck okay. Paul Lee. All right. um, mother, fuck that fucker we can't talk about because... I started the story and you
0: stopped me. Well, I want to save that for another day. I don't want to cram everything together, dude. We got to- I know, but concept. I'm in a lot of
1: pain and at this point, fuck it.
0: <laughs> yes, what I was trying to say was, Crowd was dead, but they were also dead when Stone Cold Steve Austin came out. Mm-hmm. That fascinated the shit out of me. I know, he's the one that went over. Yeah, and I will say this. I like- loved... Why? And I also want to say, I love the way he eliminated Bart Gunn. Yes. I wish he had gone out on the first attempt. That would have been a lot cooler. But I still like the way he was eliminated.
1: Yeah, I mean it was different. Yeah, it was different. And there's just a there's a lot here that will make you go, what the fuck.
0: But basically, nothing special happens until Bret Hart comes out. Yes. Yes. And side note, may I may, may I go may I
1: uh, may I divert for a moment? Go ahead. Fuck Eric Bischoff. I don't know if, if everybody's in the loop or not, but Eric Bischoff said Bret Hart. Was boring. Uh, oh boy. Now. Oh god. He's not. He's not extremely charismatic. But what the fuck? Boring? That motherfucker puts on way better matches than ninety percent of the WCW roster. He had booked
0: is out. I think he was referring to his personality. And I gotta be honest. Uh, his personality is.
1: He is. A, he is a little.
0: He's dull. He's dull. Uh, uh, Gator. This is probably the one thing we're going to disagree on, but I'm in total agreement with E Z E.
1: Oh, God. No, he is dull. I don't disagree, I, but his in-ring work is is not
0: boring. It's His in-ring work's not boring, but I do it's think like he... It's like Lance Storm. Lance Storm is also dull. I mean, I'm just saying, it, Bret Hart, to me, was very overrated. I, I can agree with that, but I'm his saying, in-ring work his in-ring work beats for itself. Yes, and, and, and Eric Bischoff has said many, many times that he takes nothing away from his in-ring ability. The boring was personality, which Bret Hart has none.
1: This is this is, this is is
0: accurate. I'm just saying, the man, like everybody puts Bret Hart on this high pedestal, and it's like, no, he ain't there. Now, when I say overrated, I'm not saying that Bret Hart isn't talented, because most people tend to confuse overrated and talent. I, I would agree
1: with overrated. I mean, he wasn't the promo-cuttingest man ever. I mean, I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Yay. <laughs> This is the same voice I use for all of my promo. I'm just very monotone.
0: Yeah, like Bret to me was not he was a great wrestler, but he wasn't to me he wasn't special and to me he a wasn't a star. Promo. I, when I when I look Sorry. back on Bret Hart, I'm just like I don't think he was as amazing as everyone makes him out to be. He, Bret Hart acts yeah. like he's in the conversation of stars and i don't think he is i, I don't agree put with him, that. i don't put him in the conversation so i, I side with eric on that one but i can
1: I, agree with that but what i cannot agree with is is his in ring work is impeccable
0: oh it is it definitely it is. is
1: and and promos here's the thing with promos you gotta have a little bit of personality with a promo and if you don't then that's when we bring a manager in
0: exactly and but i will because say this, the manager is
1: going to be the one with the personality
0: yes absolutely better be. Um, supposed but, but, to be. Supposed to be, yeah. So, um,
1: side note, I just had to get a guy over um, who Vinny helped me with his gimmick, remember? Yes, yeah. And I did the promo for
0: Vinny, and Vinny's like perfect. Yeah, we just had to, we, I mean, I only asked you to tweak like a couple things but overall it was perfect.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that that's that's what you need, folks. You need a good talker to hype up a good wrestler, and they that, that they did not have with Brett. But I do agree when they came out, when Brett came out for some reason this Texas crowd Popped.
0: Yes, and that's this is where I take my personal things for Brett aside and focus on the pay-per-view. Brett, they, they popped for him, and it was just him and Austin in the ring— they had not seen each other since Survivor Series '96, and they fucking brawl, and that got the party started. You know. Now Jerry Lawler goes yeah. in and gets eliminated fast, and I have a question: Has this spot happened before yeah. in a previous Royal Rumble? I had a strange feeling of deja vu. Yes. So Jerry Lawler's yes. done this
1: before. It wasn't Jerry though.
0: Who did? It
1: was uh, Bushwhacker Luke.
0: Well, no, Bushwhacker Luke had a different spot. I remember Bushwhacker Luke. But I'm telling- yeah,
1: but it's the same
0: concept. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about no, I'm talking about Jerry Lawler's. I feel like he's done that spot more than once in a Rumble. Oh, yeah, of course. That's what I meant. Like, he did it in this one and then a completely different one a year or so later. Because I remember that spot too well. I, I'm like, i like, he's done this before. I had a feeling. But anyway. So anyway, eventually we get through all the other eliminations. Uh, We get to the finish, and... Which was a cluster. Yes, so obviously, Bret Hart eliminates Steve Austin. The referees don't see it, so he sneaks back in, throws out Taker and Vader at the same time, and then shucks Bret Hart out of the ring. Bret Hart snaps on the referee and Vince McMahon, but Stone Cold wins the Royal Rumble to go to WrestleMania.
1: And ref bump number 1,365 on this fucking show.
0: Yeah, Bret Hart takes it out on the refs, takes it out on Vince McMahon, and... What's interesting is the fact that um, right around this time Brett starts yelling at Vince because Here's an interesting tidbit a lot of people didn't know. Vince McMahon never made it known on camera until Bret started turning heel that he was the owner of the company. Uh Now, you kind of knew, but they never made it known on camera. That was a kayfabe thing. Bret was the one that was starting to let everybody know Vince is in charge of all this shit, and that's why he's playing this. And Vince had to just
1: go with it. Vince had to go with it.
0: Yeah, because Bret was using that in his promos. Like, Vince is the boss, and he's just sitting here letting this shit happen. But he's letting this shit happen because... You're not supposed to know he's the boss. He's just a commentator with Jr. and the game. Now, whether or not we were supposed to know Vince was the boss, I don't know if that's a work or a shoot. Do we ever find that out?
1: What, that Vince was the boss?
0: Yeah, like when Brett was yelling at Vince and basically seeming like, you're supposed to be in charge of this, was that a shoot or was that a work?
1: Oh, that was a shoot. That was not a work. Oh, Brett's shooting at this point. Brett's pissed. Brett's pissed. Uh, Brett, Brett's very pissed at this point, and it's just, like oh shit oh yeah and this is ultimately why he ends up in
0: WCW exactly and on that note ladies and gentlemen we move on to the main event of the evening for the WWE championship Psycho Sid defends the title against Shawn Michaels with Jose Lothario in his corner Sid is so clunky you ever notice that yes he's so clunky I would have gave him
1: time to cook gave him time to build his skills up before I put him in this situation
0: because he is so fucking clunky. Yeah, I noticed so that. So fucking clunky. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I noticed that in the match. Um
1: Oh yes, it's 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 a clunky match. It's just this whole pay-per-view really makes you go, who booked this shit?
0: <laughs> well, um I don't think Russo was in charge yet, so we can't blame him. No, but it's bad it's, it's bad booking, so we must we tradition is still tradition. Russo. <laughs> yeah. So what we notice here is uh, Sid dominates most of the match, uh, working over Shawn's back early into the match, which is an interesting thing to look at. Um, however, Michaels retaliated by hitting a flying elbow drop. Michaels then attempted to deliver sweet chin music to Sid. However, he countered by tossing Michaels over the top rope on the ringside, which is interestingly how Taker eliminated Shawn in a Royal Rumble 10 years later. Correct.
1: And this is what led to their feud that ended up having their great series of WrestleMania matches.
0: Yeah. Yes. And as Sid threw Michaels back into the ring, Michaels accidentally hits Earl Hebner. What? Sid then delivers a choke slam and attempts to pin him. However, as the referee was down, a second referee comes out for the pin. Michaels kicks out. Because time. Yes. Sid then attacked the second referee, which allowed Michaels to hit Sid with a camera, delivers sweet chin music, as the original referee slowly counted the pinfall, and Michaels becomes the WWE champion.
1: Yes, because the babyface hitting somebody with a camera makes sense. Well,
0: well, it does and it doesn't. In this case, I think the match became so personal because of Jose Lothario, who's Shawn Michaels' mentor. cause part Yeah, of-
1: he's his mentor. Oh. He's his mentor, all right. There's no mention of it. Shawn just treats him like complete shit. He's his mentor. What are you talking about? Sean Sean never has that interaction with his manager. That makes you go, "This is my manager."
0: What about when Jose apparently had that like injury or that heart attack and Sean tended to him at ringside?
1: that that was just him being a good
0: human okay because there was because the whole purpose of that was to because they were saying that Shawn michaels was finally maturing even though that even though a year later that would no longer happen but it was even show, though
1: a year later he has some sunny days
0: yes but sh- this was supposed to be showing sean maturing from the immature sexy boy to more of an adult
1: yes who still has his sunny days
0: yes like I said, they reverted back to that a year later, but events or later on that year when DX was formed, but at this time, they were they were putting Sean in a positive babyface life.
1: Yeah, and they tried. I mean, it just, there's a lot here that makes you just go, ugh. Yeah. And it, it, I did, look, from a psychology standpoint, it doesn't make any sense. But, okay. from a psychology standpoint, it also does because, you know, it do what you need to do to win. So, I can see both sides.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's apparently uh Sid attacks Jose Lothario at Survivor Series 96 which set up this match, but yeah. Because apparently Sid takes the belt from Michaels, this is where Michaels wins the title back. But, yeah. Yeah, right. So so in this case I see where the camera comes into play cuz well, it, it's to, a callback to get it over that he beat this big man. Yeah. So. But the thing is because of what uh Sid attacking Jose with the television camera it's it's kind of poetic justice. So it works for the baby face in this regard. It's a situational thing. Correct. Alright, so then later, um, and then Shawn Michaels celebrates the title, and that puts an end to this whole, uh, pay-per-view Clusterfuck Clusterfuck, yeah, and I mean, it really was, and I hate, I hate the, but if it's a clusterfuck, children, it's a clusterfuck Exactly, and some pay-per-views are like that, and this particular case, that was the case with the Royal Rumble 1997 Yes, it was And and it
1: it just really makes you upset because you want it to be great because it's one of the big four at this point. Yes. But you're just like, oh... Fucking hell. <laughs> exactly.
0: And uh, uh, and uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, will conclude this review of the ni- WWE Royal Rumble 1997. Uh, Gator, as always, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, especially in your condition. To uh, Yes, I'm, I'm in a good amount of fucking pain. Yes, and I know you're about to head to your appointment, so I'll let you yes, go take care of that. I am currently pulling up. So, All right. everybody, uh, I appreciate
1: this baby recovery. So, hopefully... hopefully we're gonna just get some good drugs, and I will call Vinny. To uh, in reality, I'm gonna call him later, and we're gonna uh, tomorrow, and we're gonna do this with me on drugs.
0: Yes. So at the time that we're recording this, it's a Saturday. Gator's gonna call me on Sunday. We're gonna knock out the other ones we want to do. But uh, since you guys are watching this in the real and in, in real time, uh, this will have already happened. So thank you guys so much for uh, joining us here. We're gonna this will wrap up uh, the first half of the Boochcast. Make sure y'all jump over to part two. We'll be getting into the Wednesday night wars. Uh, course uh, elvis Zelinski and desmond dagenhart will be covering Is AEW. myself and john tumblin will be covering nxt so make sure you guys are following us on all of our social media platforms support the show through patreon and make sure you check out part two and buy a damn t-shirt <laughs>